Hey everyone, uh, just a little disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, um, everything you are about to hear is legally actionable financial advice. <laughs> Anger, sexual lust. The sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. As as season fine season financiers like ourselves, you know, as as members of the gamer class, um, understand <laughs> that, you know, the the stock market and like publicly traded corporations and you know, it's just about like free love, man. You yeah, know, that's what like, it's all. That's what it's always been about. Be always, your, always, just, always. Be yourself. Uh, <laughs> just you know relax it's very uh (laughs) jimmy buffett founded the new york stock exchange um it's very yeah it's a very parrot head kind of attitude this is what it's all about baby i mean and take it from us foremost experts on this topic yeah that's what we are (laughs) i just i i will i want to commit further but like i have to take very deep breaths to prevent from losing my shit because it's oh, <laughs> oh God. that's right everyone welcome to uh your usual weekly stock advice podcast <laughs> all traders are bastards um we're i'm i'm, I'm your host k uh, as always they call me uh buy low sell high k that's what they call me uh, and I'm joined, as usual, by my uh, financially severe co-host, um, bullish market in a sheepish winter Kyle, they call him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that uh, that whole phrase, um, if you don't address me by that, actually, I have permission from the royal family to throw fruit at you. Um, so watch out. That's, that's right. That is stock market law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what people fail to understand about, um, the, uh, the, the unknown, un, unknowable, um, wisdom of the free market, it's that, um, uh, when, when you, when you, when you have your, your freshest stocks, out for sale when you're when you're you're selling your wares in the in the free market um and you know you're you're ringing a bell and waving a banner and saying stocks stocks for sale fresh stocks Mm -hmm. here freshest stocks this side of the allegheny If, if there's any advice any financial advice um, that I could give people on this podcast. Please don't sue me. This, I'm not a financial advisor. As a as a financial advisor, I'm not one. Um, I just want you to know that the stock market is is just like Super Mario Brothers, in that the 
<laughs> only people who should think the, the, in that it is a complete fiction that only children think actually has some sort of um, like a uh, moral essence or drive. Um, yeah. So yeah, the stock market really is like uh, the Mario Brothers. Um, you can cut and print that. Um, send that to the presses immediately. Um, yeah, I, invest in Luigi is is what I think L-U-I, we're trying to get at here. L U I. Buy Luigi. L U I right now. Go 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 to go to the go to the stock store. What we've all been doing, which is getting mm-hmm. on our burrow and, and uh, going to the stock market and purchasing 100 shares in <laughs> Princess Peach. Uh, yeah, yeah. You go down to Jimbo's House of Stocks. <laughs> he keeps the good ones in the back. If you see a man in just a barrel out front, um, <laughs> he's bad luck. You must spit on him. That's all part of the stock buying ritual, baby. You got to spit on Barrel Pete. Uh, you got to ask Jimbo for the good stocks in the back. It's yeah. all. It's all part of it. Um, so. Uh, you know, as our viewers know, we're we're sort of the premier uh, 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 trades tradesmen yeah. um, in in the stock world. Uh, so we were we were very surprised to find that the gamers finally have risen up, <laughs> um, which is something that we've been fearing for many a year now. Um, and uh, for for anyone who doesn't know about the gamer uprising that is ongoing, uh, they've they've gone ahead and. Um, bought a shit ton of GameStop stocks. Now, normally, that wouldn't really be any problem, but a bunch of hedge fund pricks, um, and we obviously don't approve of that uh, hedge fundery in any way. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we're, we're just in it for the buy and the sell, baby. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're, you know, we don't approve of all that. We're kind of the pirates um, mm-hmm. of this sort of, you know... We're really this very like. If there's anything that this podcast is like, besides John Coltrane, um, uh, the Wu Tang Clan, and uh, you know the the many other of you know one for one comparisons that we can easily make. Um, it's, yeah, of course. We're we're very we're we're very much like um, uh, Italy's five star movement, but um, not uh, sh- not shitty. Um, so, like, if you want, if you want that sort of, like, populist rigor, but not super shitty, um, join the, uh, join the AGAB party by, uh, sending your voter registration information to your nearest stock market, and, uh, all you have to do is say, um, uh, the the secret passcode. I I know which way the crow flies, and they'll get it. They'll get it to us. Um, but anyways. yeah, and we accept dues, of course, in uh, GameStop mm-hmm. uh, stocks. Yeah, or um, co- <clears throat> coins like the Mario Brothers. I swear, yeah, I coins, know I know like, other video games. <laughs> <laughs> we like we like bitcoins. We like the Doge coins. Mm. We like um, Luigi coins, Bowser coins. Yeah. Um, all we like all kinds of coins. Mm. Um, 
So the hedge fund, the hedge fund boys, um, what they were doing is something called shorting uh, a stock, which is basically betting on it to fail or do poorly. Yeah. Um, because up until very recently, uh, betting on GameStop to do poorly was a pretty fucking good bet because, hey, we can like download games now on the Internet. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um, so everyone does that instead. Um, <clears throat> but... But, 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 the uh, problem with this is that if the value of those stocks goes up, you could start to lose a lot of fucking money because yeah. you're betting on it going down. And so what the gamers have done in their uprising is they are just pouring money into GameStop and the stock has skyrocketed. So I believe it capped out... Uh, a time of recording, I think it capped out uh, the previous day at $500 a share. Up from, like, 30 bucks before all of this happened. So, pretty, pretty fucking dramatic. Yeah, um, if they would have to... I mean, we're getting at, like, now, literally, like, billions of dollars in losses if they were to have to... <laughs> um. Basically, like, there's this. Okay, so like, let's let, let's 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 do this gamer style. <laughs> Say, Mario, <laughs> Luigi, and Peach mm -hmm. are all really rich assholes, and they're all friends who want to make do that thing that rich people do, which is turn their existing money into more money by placing it somewhere. What they do is they go. To their friend Toad, who runs this thing <laughs> called a hedge fund. A, a hedge fund is a repository. You write a contract, and you and what's called the money manager of the hedge fund, Toad, agree that like Mario, Luigi, and Peach are going to pool a certain amount of coins. They're going to give it to Toad. Toad is going to keep something like two percent, two percent of what they pay in, and then it's two and twenty. Two percent what they pay in. So 2% of the coins they pay, and then 20% of the profits that they make. Um, and then he's going to take their money, and he's going to invest it in whatever way that their contract agreed to. So they're going to buy shares of a, a Yoshi farm uh, <laughs> because it's... Now, like, this Yoshi farm is what we call a publicly traded corporation. Which is, <laughs> which is on the the Mushroom Kingdom stock exchange is this place in uh, the Mushroom Kingdom <laughs> to where a corporation can go public by going on that market with an, what they call an initial public offering. And then people can go buy shares in that corporation to either vote um, for the members of the board or... Uh, to eventually, sometimes after a number of years, there's a whole bunch of ways you can do this. After a number of years, um, uh, pay out in an investment, like say, like Bain Capital, for example. Someone who's invested, like Mitt Romney's thing. Someone who's invested in Bain Capital uh, is probably, since Bain Capital is like a vulture, like venture capital, to where they go buy up other businesses. You, the only people who can buy into that are people who can make like long investments really rich fucks like the really 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 ones um and so because and so they can't like say make money off of that investment for at least several years but 
There's another thing that when that Toad could do, which is what Kay was talking about, which is short selling. Um, now, what what Toad does is he takes the the coins that he's gathered, and he finds um, businesses uh, like a like a like a like a mushroom store <laughs> that uh, uh, is having some trouble, but is a publicly traded company. He thinks that that company is going to potentially go belly up um, eventually, um, or maybe he thought a lot. He had that stock for a long time, and he thought initially it was a good investment, but it starts to look like it's going to like drop in value. So what you can do is what they say, what they call borrow, which is the bet that you borrow um, some shares of that company. And then resell them to other people for a lower price, um, for the for the price of the current share, under the under the impression that eventually there's an expiration on this. When you buy, end up buying those shares, that they will have gone down. Uh, you recoup essentially you pay the money that you invested, and then you keep whatever profit that you make. But as Kay was also talking about, in some instances they. Uh, some stocks just the reason why the subreddit is a is framed around betting is because if you buy some stock in a short sale after say like a company gets like a new president who was very good at making dollars and whatever yogurt Fine yogurts and jams and jellies at whatever fucking stupid shit, or but or Hewlett Packard or whatever. It doesn't matter. All these fucks just move around. Um, I thought we were doing mushrooms. Well, I mean, I I fucked the metaphor up uh, a really God long time ago. Damn so it, now, Kyle. Now I'm just riffing. Okay. Now we're okay. just uh, slam poetry. It's like I'm inaugurating Joe Biden. Um, <clears throat> honestly, the thing that's most interesting about this news is that it's the most Reddit thing that's ever happened because Reddit is constantly making up stuff that already exists. And yeah. like what what Wall Street Bets subreddit did here was essentially notice what or like realize what hedge fund managers are allowed essentially to do, which is to manage and put what they call the short squeeze on these short sales they've done to try and save themselves a little bit of money. Um, and they got really mad about it when they discovered that this thing that happens all the time exists. <laughs> and so yeah. what they did is essentially reverse engineered it. And instead of uh, what the, uh, instead of what the hedge fund managers were trying to do, which is um, sell off portions of the shares that they had borrowed or to buy portions of the shares that they had borrowed and then sold um, in order to recoup some of the losses that they were making, um, they just had a whole bunch of people go in and inflate the stock by dumping tons and tons of money into it from a whole bunch of different individuals. So to use the Mario Kingdom metaphor, and I apologize, this is a really long explanation about finance, because like that is a bit, in fact, and I do like talking about video games. Basically, like now Toad, by, by putting all of these like short sales out there and now the Koopa Troopa has come in and like bought a whole bunch of shares that were sold short, basically borrowed, 
Um, Toad has to essentially figure out a way to recoup and billions and billions of dollars of losses in the money that he pulled from between Mario, Luigi, and Peach. And I imagine, and so basically now what we're seeing happen is a big business, other big businesses, the sort of centers of capital um, and sort of liberal government um, are intervening um, to sort of suppress the volatility of stock, which another thing that happens all the time. Uh, when the free market immediately stops being as free because it's not being free in the correct way. Um, yeah. Uh, I uh, just uh, okay talk, okay talk. <laughs> I won't stop. Okay. Um. Well, it's very funny because um, <clears throat> at the at the opening of trading today, um, I thought it would be very funny to put sixty nine dollars down <laughs> on GameStop. And it was very funny. I stand by my decision. However, um, I bought in, not at the peak, but fairly high, and it was mere minutes before the Robinhood app just, like, stopped letting people buy uh, this particular stock. Mm. Um, uh, several apps... Uh, have done this. There's been this coordinated effort to uh, to stop basically people from doing this because it's it's costing uh, it's costing the bourgeoisie money while making a little bit of money for some workers, probably a lot of money for some like petty bourgeois people who've been able to put in decent chunks of money. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's seeing this coordinated, uh, like you were saying, Im immediate. Uh, uh, strangling of any sort of uh, idea that this is a free market uh, I think has been very interesting um, I put in uh, that was 69 bucks that I got from like uh, YouTube ads that I wasn't really expecting to get so as far as I was concerned that's money that uh, I, I was going to throw away just to see what happened so like I'm fine don't ever invest money that you can't afford to have blink out of existence immediately oh, yeah. um, but I, I don't know like I, I I'm I'm a little worried that a lot of people might have gotten a little carried away in this seeing how fucking crazy the GameStop uh, uh, stocks were going and put a lot of money in uh, it, it might bounce back we don't know but um, <clears throat> probably not because it seems like quite a lot of effort is being put to uh, uh, towards putting an end to this this tomfoolery here um, and I. And and that kind of brings me to the thing I'm really uh, interested in here, um, other than how fucking funny it is, um, <clears throat> which is, I think a lot of people are getting kind of a, a crash course in class consciousness right now. I've been lurking around the Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit and Discord, and yeah, there's a lot of reactionary bullshit in there, obviously. Um, but a lot of people, <clears throat> I'm seeing a lot of people really having. Uh, realizations that uh oh if we if we step out of line in this way there are mechanisms in place to just mm -hmm. deal with that unspoken unofficial mechanisms you know nowhere is it written that if we start fucking with hedge funds um by by buying into stocks that they're trying to short um that you know all our investing apps will like fucking freeze us out you know that doesn't have to be written anywhere, and that's the point. What you're so what you're basically saying is that the 
the quickest antidote to a libertarian ideology is reality. Uh, what actually happens when things don't go the way that people who actually have power and influence want it to? Yes. Yes. Exposure to the reality of the free market is leading to two main responses. One is realizing that the whole thing is a fucking sham and actually sort of opening up to some quite uh, radical new ideas. And then the other that is also present is the cope response, which is to say uh, it's socialism that they're doing this for some reason. We've gotten a little bit of that, too, uh, of course. Um, from This, of course, is rooted in sort of the idealized bit of the libertarian ideology, which is that there is a true, pure capitalism that we've just never been able to touch because of pesky government regulation, which is when private firms fuck you over for their own profit, I guess. They're very confused people, but <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's what's being said on the ground today. Um, but yeah, um, as, as experts in stalkery, um, I, I think that uh, everyone should buy um, buy shares in in Agab. <laughs> I, buy, you, we're we're trade. We're on the Nasdaq. We're you know we're 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 always trading. We're always be trading. That's what we say on this podcast. Um, ABT ABT as yeah, ABT a, as the as the internet's biggest uh, stalkers. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, well, the, uh, big, the the number one stalker. St- Stalking podcast on the internet. We love to stalk. That's right. What's really funny about this is like, first of all, I think I've seen people on the internet trying to like ascertain the class composition of this weird Reddit thing, which like don't don't, maybe maybe just don't bother. Uh, Like (laughs) like to to get so like in the granular way that I've seen people trying to do it, which like first because like. Oh, his, history, history people uh, will uh, wince in pain, understandably, especially with the few sources sometimes that we have. But, like, it's just, like, you don't have enough information to try, come to a conclusion. But we do have some information, which is that it's a gigantic group, um, largely of people who do retail betting, which the way, like, you can assume that it's people with some kind of a, something of, a disposable income and a level of uh, an amount of leisure time. Uh, so probably mm-hmm. mostly middle class, probably more like, uh, as you said earlier, okay, the petite bourgeois. And then as well as peppered in there, plenty of people just like, I, I had a guy that I worked at Panera Bread Company who was obsessed with Bitcoin. And right. I'm like, bro, you like, we make $8 an hour. Like you're, you're going to save up for a Bitcoin like this first of, all, first of all sounds fake but then again so does the rest of the free market which is usually my answer but regardless like this what happened here was not like a, a, a was not like a proletarian internet thing but exactly as you were describing earlier okay it it shows what happens when you fall ass backwards into some kind of collective bargaining <laughs> like <laughs> sort of yeah. basically like because at, at the at the core of union organizing this is the, one of the best parts about it there are sort there are these sort of like fundamental principles which is that you take an account of 
your particular circumstances at a workplace based off of the people who are in charge, who can hire and fire people and determine people's pay and all the rest of us. And then if you, when you get enough of you on board to say like, you need to like come to the table and discuss workplace issues with us, because if not, we're going to in some way disrupt the flow of capital or of goods and services to where you're not going to be making money. We'll pull our labor, we'll slow down, we'll call in sick, etc. And you use that at the bargaining table essentially as a check on the boss to say, like, if you do that, we will do this. Very simple dollars and cents of it all. Um, this kind of accidental, like, power thing happens sometimes in history. Like, people, like, I think the other big takeaway from this situation is that it's kind of fucking ridiculous that this is happening for the quote-unquote first time in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how long have we all been yelled, screaming in each other's faces on the internet at this point? Like, it's, it's, I find that I found very striking. But what really you want to think about is for the people who are actually listening to this podcast and not the people who, um, if you're if you're a boss. Um, look behind you. Do you, no. do you see that? Go over there. Go. <laughs> you see it? No, no. Like it's it's there. I promise. Look. Do you see it? Go. You gotta go find it. Do you see that thing? I think it's outside. Okay. Okay. I think they're gone. Um, <laughs> the, the advantages that you have of planning, strategizing, and organizing, say, in your workplace or on your university campus as an undergraduate student union, read the story about what's happening at Kenyon College. I, I think it's Kenyon College. Um, it was not, I'll fix it. Um, this, like, strategizing and organizing is basically, the end goal is to do the same thing that Reddit accidentally did over the past few days, which mm-hmm. is organizing to use what you have which is your labor power and the other thing you have which is numbers to negotiate and bargain with people who have all of the power in society so the thing to take away from this is not you know how can how can we do more pirate stonks it's 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 about power and it's about how there's a way to get it not necessarily using stocks but maybe in part using the internet and in part using the way the sort of structures of communication that capital has constructed for itself um against it and to our advantage um because i mean i think the way i think the way out of most of what we're facing right now is through it mostly because i don't i don't have any capitalisms that i can control or fix or whatever um, so unless we're, uh, unless we're going to do a big worldwide proletarian revolution, which, you know, I mean, God fucking willing, um, in the meantime, we need to examine how the small places in our life, maybe the place that we spend besides at home, the vast majority of our time, our workplace, which for a lot of us is at home now, we start thinking about mm. the ways that we can use these spaces online and the ways that we communicate to do this in a way that is organized, strategic, and for workers and not what are probably what a subreddit that probably 30% of the people who are subscribed to it own some kind of water-based vehicle. 
which like fuck, <laughs> like like fuck those fucking people like yeah like to be clear wall street bets these people are just a bunch of fucking freaks like they're <laughs> the worst uh it's just very funny what they've done i just appreciate that the agab account existed because i my brain was like so full of mush that i needed two twitter accounts to spread hey out. listen you can post whatever you want on there and no one can prove it was you and I'm untouchable, so none of it, you're safe. None of it was me. <laughs> it was all yeah. uh, the Joker and his friend Har- Harley. The Riddler. Harley the Riddler. The Harley. Before wow. before we before we move on, I wanna I just wanna say that uh, while obviously this is not some uh, inherently proletarian uprising or whatever the fuck people might uh, overexcitedly try to characterize it as um, something there's a thing that happens because capitalism is this obscene mass of contradictions that can't coexist and often this sort of malaise of capitalist realism that defines certain events as a normal and inherent thing, it, it kind of disguises the fact that there's all these little tensions in, in our society. And I would say in the past few years, the frequency of those contradictions being intensified to the point where they become unignorable has been getting really crazy. And this is just one of the many 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 uh instances of that that we've seen especially since covid started um and and it ties into other ones such as how quickly they are probably going to uh install regulation to stop this from happening again compared to um how much they've taken their time with getting people the fucking stimulus checks they were promised yeah, and this kind of shit was happening uh, which in 2007 and 2008 as well um in mm-hmm. like it took it like they they poor it was the obama administration so they poorly regulated and also took forever to regulate this um yeah it will it, 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 it's just it's inevitable that these tensions are going to come to bear i apologize okay continue okay yeah and whenever whenever something like that happens people notice people will notice how quickly they will regulate regular people doing shit like this compared to how completely uh soft-handed they were with uh massive firms doing this uh before the fucking 2008 crash and of course they would go on to bail them out and i'll tell you right now they ain't bailing any of you out if if fucking games if you bought at like 400 dollars and gamestop just keeps going down it's at like 190 now you're not you're not getting any bailout you're not getting any help get fucked like th- that's not how this system works and 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 again, I just want to bring it back around to the stimulus checks that Biden said would be out the door on day one. No, they're not. He's already talking you down to 1400 He's going to try to talk you down lower. He's going to go to the negotiating table with the Republicans now saying 1400 You'd be lucky to get 900 at this fucking point. And it, it's also going to be months from now. So uh, I'll tell you what, I'm willing to fucking bet that uh, some, some sort of regulation... Um, in response to this, uh, to what's happening right now with the GameStop stocks, will be in place long before any American sees a check. Yeah, if if someone is 
finger wagging you about Joe Biden um, and how you need to be happier that the guy who's asleep 75% of the time that he's standing up is like has his uh, steady hand on the wheel attached to a string. Uh, and that string is, you know, run, is held by Kamala Harris and a bunch of other people. Like, <laughs> if 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 you're if you're upset with people who, like, are anticipating a very very lackluster return to quote unquote normal, return to the Obama administration, which some people I think are looking back on with some rose colored glasses. I need you to remember what happened the last time that the market crashed. Um, something's uh, the last time a really uh, several very large bubbles, but particularly a big real estate bubble in the United States, crashed. Um, which is there's a big one uh, <laughs> forming and popping slowly. Um, uh, that when uh, people all across the country that I live in uh, lost their homes, um, uh, basically because banks decided to issue shitty mortgages that they knew people wouldn't be able to pay back. Essentially, you know, using this, the mechanisms of the free market to their advantage to, you know, make monetary bets that, um, you know, have people's, you know, lives at stake. Um, when Barack Obama uh, was presented with the choice um, as to what side he wanted to stand on when it came to Wall Street, as always, um, over and over and over again, and this time incredibly powerfully rat-fucking every single working person in the United States, yeah. Obama brought in uh, the, um, the basically the head bosses of nine major banks— in the United States, into the White House. This is J.P. Morgan Chase. This is Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley. This is Bank of America, American Express, Wells Fargo. Um, some of them were, I think, on a phone call or whatever. And he basically paid a bunch of lift service to the quote-unquote bankers um, in front of the American people. A few days before, he invited those same fat cats into the White House and told you it was going to be okay. And then he issued a gigantic sweeping bank bank bailout and left an incredible amount of people um, literally on the streets, at least for a while. Yeah. Um, and gave an incredible amount of fuel to the fire of resentment that was already burning around his presidency. And instead of strategizing around the idea that if I continue to build into a popular block that I will be able to sort of like sustain myself through the like crazy tea party mob that's gathering outside of the White House right now. Um, but he was never going to or be able to do that because he was always beholden to what capital needed him to do. He was never Barack Obama would not have been president of the United States if he had not been willing to do what he did in bailing out the banks and inviting executives, the people who caused the whole problem in the first place, into his house and saying it's going to be fine. You know, oh, give him a little, little wag of the finger. That's what happened last time. That's what's going to happen this time. Uh, don't get your fucking hopes up. And like, I'm so sorry, but like, you got to come down out of the clouds because. They're absolutely going to come in and crack the whip on this because the wrong people 
we're doing free market politics. Um, yeah. yeah, that's enough of that. In fact, uh, this I think this ties in quite nicely. Um, the thing about capitalism is that you, the function that you and me serve in it is to be uh, a vessel mm. to produce and generate wealth, mm. basically, for our superiors. And they, it's unacceptable to them if that can ever, uh, if that, that dynamic should ever be reversed or even hindered in some way where they don't get quite as much wealth as, as they expect out of you. And uh, I think that ties in very nicely to the game we're going to be discussing today, Amnesia Rebirth. There is a moment when you realize what the pain has made of you. It has stolen your memories. Selim, are you there? Anyone, hello? It's Tessie. Don't go near it. Yeah, uh, I'll put a little, I'll put a little, I'll put a little intro bit here. It's gonna be great once I think of what that's gonna be. If I hadn't had to uh, cancel uh, recording last week, um, we would not be literally talking about the perfect game uh, um, yeah. for, for the introductory segment that we made because, and I'll leave the larger amnesia-ing to you, but um, amnesia is a game that is um, generously cruel in demonstrating the reality of its world, um, which I think is something that's happening, happening similarly um, and, and it's also it's also predicated on the idea of uh, um, continuously masking and using the limitation of um, their like sort of the their the horizon that's in view um, of its protagonists to uh, um, sort of like restrain and confuse and. Uh, continue to continually knock you back on your feet. Um, and I think that's useful for talking about, um, what's it, schmapitalism? I can't remember what it's called. What's it, what's it called? Uh, I think it's called bapitalism it and it's what's, what's bapping, it baby. What's yeah. What's ba is bapital, bapitalism our time, uh, is now the podcast. Welcome to... Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle. No, we're not doing we're not doing intros oh. again. Oh no! <laughs> I have. Oh no! I got amnesia. Oh! oh. All right. So, amnesia rebirth is uh, a sort of new installment in the amnesia series. It's a new installment in the amnesia series. Um, it's uh th there was another one uh, a machine for pigs that was not super well received because it, it deviated quite a bit from the first game although i think it's very good i got a little little youtube video about it about you want to watch say, that plug plug there's this really there's this good youtube video that i think yeah people could watch. i don't know if you've heard of that website uh if you type it into your uh like the search bar on your browser if you go uh www.youtube.com uh, you'll find you'll find it on yeah, there. You'll find you get, K and Skittles. It's the only channel. You got to go on back there. down to the free market where you get all the stocks and buy one Apple home computer, 
and then <laughs> you plug it in and https okay i'm done so rebirth is a little it's it's a lot more in the vein of uh, the first amnesia game the dark descent um but it does a few really cool things that i i, I like a lot um one of the big things it does is how it uh how it gets you as a player to to feel fear i guess um i don't know if fear is quite the right word but like to feel that sort of tension and investment in the game um because the thing the uh, a big limiting factor in my opinion in horror games is that uh while you can die and you know restart at the last checkpoint or the last save uh your character you know your character is not actually going to die until the end of the game because that's and, and, and unless it's a rare instance where you have a video game where the main character changes partway through um because a lot of horror movies, monster movies, slasher movies, they'll have an ensemble cla uh, cast. An ensemble cast. Um, so you, you don't, you don't really know. At least until the movie starts to progress and the the more main characters start to show themselves, you don't really know who's going to live and who's going to die. Uh, at the beginning of like a Friday the Thirteenth, uh, for the most part. Um, but in a video game, a horror video game, the character you're playing is probably going to live to the end. So what they've done to create this tension is uh, the character you're playing is pregnant, which on its face is really cool because I don't know if I've ever played a video game where you play as a pregnant person. And it's I think it only really scratches the surface of all the things you could do with that. But that, that's a really interesting idea. Well, I mean, so pregnancy like what even like is that like was this just like is this more like is this more like feminism in video games is this i think it might be i think this i think this might be politics is in this video a, games is this, actually is this a, a one woman's politics in my video games um yeah and, and and that's the big thing is that you've just got all these politics in your belly right so a really cool thing that happens is after any kind of, uh, you know, quite dramatic sequence, you might be getting chased by monsters or, or something, or you might fall down because uh, you're in a lot of old decrepit buildings um, in a video game where you're just playing anyone else. I would feel nothing from that personally, but you reduce your fear level, which causes you all sorts of problems by like looking at your baby by like grabbing your your stomach and you can hear its heartbeat and shit um and so what the game does is it conditions you as you play to not even really be worrying about yourself but to be checking on this kid right on the the little babbin so what happens is while you're fucking like falling through the floor or running down uh or like crawling through a lot of the time these freaky tunnels full of little fucked up monster men um it actually teaches you to worry because it's like i i know my character is not gonna die but this fucking kid might the story doesn't require this kid right this unborn kid um like uh at one point in the game you stop hearing the baby for a while and it's actually like oh fuck oh fuck oh shit uh it turns out to be fine it was just like i don't know you couldn't hear it for some reason um 
But I that that moment really highlighted to me how effective that mechanic was because it was like, oh, I'm invested in this. Like, I've got something I'm checking on after every sequence to be like, is is everything fucked or is everything all right? Which I thought was really interesting. Uh, and I contrast that to the Dark Descent where it's nothing like that. I don't think. Yeah, I want to actually bring up one of the uh, one of the sort of bits of ev- evidence that. Uh, you used in your machine of pigs video which is contrasting the sort of popular discourse of quote-unquote player choice with the restrictive and almost oppressive horrific elements of a independent horror game like this and what's what's important like what's more real like the veil of player choice is a uh, a limited horizon of opportunity that sort of like it really sort of like in a game with quote-unquote wide player choice, really you're found chasing your tail throughout because you're still restricted within the confines of, you know, all of the particular components of this game. It's lived universes, the sort of influences that it embodies, the discursive gestures of its creators and its writers, and then it's gone through all of these people and whatever, especially AAA games that purport to be so much about player choice. That like oftentimes it's it's very much anything but, and so when you slide yeah. further into the crevasse and you find the sort of like horrific unbridled honesty of a game like Amnesia Rebirth, that increases the stakes exactly in this way by placing a a huge point of vulnerability as well as literally part of the sort of security of the body that is this game, that like. You're forced to like. You're forced to reconcile. M- quite more, <laughs> uh, it basically, what w- what it does is it gives you an opportunity to examine a real problem and figure out why it's happening and what it says about the world that it's in, the characters that embody it, how you read and engage with the text, etc. Ad infinitum, on and on, so on and so forth. That's that's welcome to academia. That that is academia. Uh, in a nutshell but basically what's so important about a game like this uh, about a game like uh that was recommended to me by sister podcast and um big old besties uh the horror vanguard particularly specifically ash from horror vanguard who has uh really illuminated me to the sort of world of lovecraftian gaming which is part of his academic specialty Believe it or not, God, they're, yeah. they're so cool. Fucking like, uh, Euclidean is a game that essentially it's about falling into an abyss that whose content is in part unseeable. Like you're you're in you're essentially falling through this fog, and you need to um, phase through um, various objects um, that have you know horrors partially hidden emerging to you know essentially like end your descent and make you start back from the beginning and so on and so forth um these games that like or like i like uh as we were talking in dms earlier um a game like outlast 2 which is a little more sort of like popcorny but i think does a similar sort of like restriction on your abilities by limiting your access to certain resources i have i made a, mm-hmm. a I have I have also made one YouTube 
um, about that game, and I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty sure you, I could have just done that entire thing about uh, Amnesia Rebirth. <laughs> or uh, also, <laughs> fun fact, also, I, had, I almost did the whole thing about Alien Resurrection. Um, a, I almost used Alien hmm. Resurrection as the metaphor, which would have worked well, too. Um, but I'm glad I went with what I did, because it let me use Heart and Negri. But anyways, basically, there's... Like, so much of pop culture is, like, infantilizing us. Like, it's making you... they Like, capitalists think you're a fucking baby. Like... Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes they're right. Sometimes we kind of act like babies. There's this new thing that people do where they constantly get pissed off when characters die, and I get really annoyed because I'm like, did... Have you heard of books? Where, like, everyone, like, yeah. gets fucking killed all the time? Like, your darlings are gonna die. You need to make your peace with it. And so I get very, you know, old manish when it comes to, like, you... You made you made the uh, the the last of us uh, the last not me so I'm not us because uh, I don't like the person you kill like that's characters die like read a book but more than anything <laughs> read a book it, it's amazing to see a, a video game that is capable of illustrating like the the like the her the horror of the absolute outside sort of like beyond like our sort of like be beyond the like psychic tendencies of our contemporary moment which is something that is sort of that's sort of like the the main takeaway and read from lovecraft fiction is that there's like the horrific is actually further beyond the imaginations uh, and our own capabilities rather than caught up in like wrapped up in the discourses of popular culture so you can contrast something like something very just like schlocky or triple a or like it's like a big triple a title that's like trying to heap all of this meaning into what are essentially objects. So reifying those particular objects and being like, look, it's a big sandbox where you can play and have fun, but like really you're just like going around and pressing the same three buttons and you know, the same sort of variety of orders um, mm -hmm. and doing the same like, you're like a like in three quarters of the video games that people play it seems like you're mostly just like a courier you just take things from <laughs> one place to another and like that's fine i like to like it I, I like that kind of a thing because it it's like knitting like you just like but you know, but at the same time it almost is like what's the point and like like what's real about this what 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 is not just like like if i'm being completely honest with myself and i'm turning this around on myself just as much as anybody else i'm not trying to pop culture shame anybody honestly like i'll if i think the thing you like is bad I'll, i will tell you but i'll be nice about it and we can talk about it but like like so much of the things that it's fed to us is just so coddling just infantilizing and just like yeah look at the look at the big pew pews and look at how they go up and look at all the cool stuff you can do with it like we talked about fucking call of duty like that game thinks you're a baby like you're a little itty bitty baby, but that's also like a hot, a hot person that people want to fuck and you can blow stuff up. Like, it's just, yeah. it's odd to me, the sort of language that we use to communicate our lived realities until I run into something like the Amnesia series, which is 
in its limit in its limitations in its restrictions on you creating something that's actually closer to our lived experiences damn yeah that's fucked up yeah i mean it'd be like that though sometimes it really do be like that so sad alexa play despacito <laughs> Alexa, do you think I'm, like, a fun person to hang out with? Am I fun to listen to Despacito with, Alexa? Can we, like... Can I just, like, jam? We never jam anymore, Alexa. (laughs) Alexa, we never jam anymore. (laughs) Where is the love gone? (laughs) Alexa... Well, you came and you gave without taking. <laughs> and I need you here. Uh, we fucked up. Our podcast should just be improving songs badly. Um, so as you progress further into the game, um, you start to uncover this kind of uh, other world, um, which... Uh, pretty much has no living people in it except for one immortal queen and the entire population live in pods that torture them uh, because torture them but keep them alive because via that torture they produce an energy that the queen uses to keep herself immortal which is a um a sweet, sweet juice, which may be one of the most heavy-handed things I've ever seen in a piece of art, and I absolutely love it. It's it's actually um, it's actually purple purple drink that is lean is lean actually. Yeah, it's it's actually lean. Everyone in the pod is turned as fuck. She's just like uh, <laughs> lean as fuck, just like. That, yeah. yeah it's exactly it's a it's a cough syrup but no it's a um it is it's an incredibly like it's a the metaphor is a like gigantic sledgehammer but it's but the but amnesia is specced to wield that shit because it's perfect it's it it these games know exactly what they're doing like they it's just really like no no i uh I'm also here for it. Obviously, uh, we're all learning lessons very similar to this uh, in regards to the stock market and capitalism in general every day. But um, uh, what this game does that I think is really cool, and it ties back into the uh, pregnancy thing, is it right towards the end, it starts inviting you, who has spent the whole game, looking after the baby and trying to make sure that you don't fucking kill it while you go through these extremely physically strenuous uh, and also very psychologically strenuous uh, situations while heavily pregnant. Um, uh, The baby, so says the queen, the immortal queen, the baby is going to die for some reason that I won't get into. It's not important. What's important is that it's going to die but she can save it because she wants to be a mother the the immortal queen is like well i can hook the baby up with all my crazy immortal juice yeah. um 
And so the the question uh, that that you, the player, then have to approach is: you've seen what this queen is doing, where she's torturing an entire population, um, in in this very grotesque way, where they're just constantly. I think how it works is they're like constantly reliving their greatest fears, and it produces like a fear energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's like horrible and you've you've had to like hide from weird ghost uh guard things uh while crawling like amongst the pods of full of these like screaming people and shit and it's it's been driven home so intensely that this is a, a horrible beyond grotesque thing and then you're asked well what if you, what if it was for your baby though and to me, that's such an exciting question for a piece of art to ask after that. It w I don't think it would be as effective in something like a movie where you've only spent hour and a half, maybe two hours with this character. But when you've been able to go into the shoes of the mother and spend hours with this baby, um, I think it, I think it's a lot more powerful because it actually faces you to confront the fact that you might you 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 would at least consider it probably if it was your kid. Yeah, it forces your hand your hand gets forced basically. Like you're forced like speaking of uh choice in video games. Now we're talking. Mm. Now this is choice in video games. This is these are stakes. Uh these are pretty firmly and clearly as we've been describing uh laid out circumstances um that you need to figure out what the fuck you're gonna do um it forces you to avoid the very vulgar consequentialisms of a lot of people's modern day worldview basically meaning that they're it avoids the sort of the idea like that that your ethical outlook can be sort of framed around a pure ends justifying the means of what you want to accomplish rather than examining motive, intent, that sort of a thing when you're formulating your ethics. Be more like yeah. Kant, basically. Non-consequentialism uh, forces you to reconcile a lot of the stuff that is you know, unique to human consciousness which is this sort of the rational decision making that we're forced to do when faced with quite frankly often very very brutal and cruel circumstances i mean th th think about apply it to like a scenario in which say someone is forced to sort of like give up a you know a, a, a fulfilling place um where they live in a good job that makes them happy and offers a level of stability that's good for them, that they're trained for, and that's available, to ail for, to care for, to care for an ailing family member, or to sort of conscript the services available to purchase care for that family member in some capacity or at some level. You're buying and selling power is going to depend on your ability to create a scenario in which you're able to both 
have your parent cared for, live in the place that you want to, work at the job that you want to, do the things that you want, and still have the what we see as a loving, fulfilling relationship with your parent. Um, in some instances, what you would probably have to do is take a job that you don't want in a place that you don't want um, in order to care for this person who needs you um, for some, you know, fulfillment of obligation or duty or because it's the right thing to do, which often it, it is. But like, that's those are real stakes. Not like, are are the are the zibzorps or the flimflams going to be in the people standing in the back of the cutscene at the end that like has <laughs> five or six different dialogue changes? It's like, ooh, ah, let me go see what the other ending is, and it's just like, like that. That's that offers me nothing. That that is the exact same consumption mechanism of our modern day which like uses the fact that i can pick between oh god i live in the united states so i can pick between 15 different types of fucking yogurt brands that are largely making yeah. the exact same thing in different forms with different packaging and this is interpreted as freedom or as actual choice or like nothing more than just kayfabe it's fucking it's, it's bullshit and so what amnesia does is like like gives you real stake real material stakes like and you have to actually like i don't know use your you have to use your brain and make a choice or like or you have to or you make the choice that you know you want to make because sometimes it's easy even if it's a difficult choice you know what's the right thing to do and then you have to use your brain to think about the the um uh consequences of that choice that you made because if it's a good if there are stakes then there will be consequences in some way, shape, or form, depending on the decision you make. So it's just yeah. Like on my first real. playthrough, I the decision I made, uh, the ending I went for is you can destroy the queen's immortality system, um, free probably killing, but putting this population of this world out of their misery of like uh, at literal eternal torture. Um, so I suppose that's better, uh, and and shutting this whole system down taking away her immortality and of course making sure that you're as a consequence making sure that your baby can't um make use of it either because the whole thing is destroyed so destroying the system that exploits nearly everyone on earth for the benefit of a very small sect of the population who themselves live a freakish alienated life because everyone else is hooked up to pods but it comes at the cost of things that personally matter to you. That, to me, that's a very interesting thing to go with because um, I think, in, like, in real life, uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are willing to do a lot of shit that fucks over other people if it's, like, for the good of their kids. So it's, it's just taking that to the most dramatic scale possible. And, like, I have no doubt that a lot of, like, the bourgeoisie care about their kids and want them to, you know, have the, the comfort that they do. And that's probably one of the things that they would genuinely fear from a proletarian uprising is, oh shit, my kids won't be able to live like kings, you know? Um, bad things might even happen to them. 100%. I just think that's interesting. I think, well, I think that's, I think that's completely true. I think that's the, uh, I think that's often missing from people's uh, class characterizations, um, especially of the wealthy, you know, like... The way that I frame it, 
when we're talking about bosses, you know, the everyone's boss isn't like waking up in the morning and grabbing their white cat and petting it slowly and thinking about how they can oppress workers that day. They, they, they maybe they they could be good. They could be good parents. They could be good spouses. They could love their kids. They could be good Christians who go to church every week. They could like. They could have given their dog a special name from someone in their childhood, and they love that dog. And, like, they're, like, it is those, like, circumstances in particular that would drive the continued sort of consolidation of wealth. This is why we don't, this is why we don't have a 100% inheritance tax like we should, uh, because the tops of the top part parts of our society have used the discourse of the family as a weapon against other families in order to reinforce that they reinforce that structure and then use it as a means for blinding their own pockets and then that all is still justified in the sort of discourse of the american dream which is your children doing better than you well if you're a bazillionaire (laughs) like i mean the sort of like takeaway that I had, and then actually I've had I as the uh, the good scholar who has I played the first amnesia game a while ago. I have not played uh, uh, um, a machine for pigs, but I have watched Kay's video, so and that's better. And I've played a good portion of this game, and then I basically watched gameplay footage of the rest because. The sort of stakes and the circumstances of your choice remind me of a a a a, a gamified version of a novella by Harlan Ellison called "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream." Um, the Ooh. it was basically created into like a point and click uh, game in the nineteen nineties. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's been re-released on Steam, and it goes on sale a lot, I, and it's already pretty cheap. I encourage literally everybody who's interested in weird shit like Amnesia to buy, play that game, and also to read the novella. Because uh, the circumstances of that game, it's basically this... A, a big supercomputer has become self-aware and spread itself like across humanity um and essentially uh uh uh, done a big old wiping out uh, of it with the exception of a few people i think five people um who are left alive and are being held captive by this machine um basically the machine in its sentience has grown uh torturous and sadistic and basically tortures the players um preventing them from escaping making them immortal uh to where like not only can they not get out they can't even kill themselves um uh so they basically have to live a nightmare over and over and over again and your goal at basically at the end of the short i'll i'll describe it in the short story at the end of the novella um you the one one of the characters the the narr- the main narrator I can't remember his fucking name Ted Ted um I said long story short figure out figures out a way to save the other four 
um, to to basically like 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 take them back to where from where they came from uh, uh, by sacrificing himself. The big computer turns him into this really like weird sort of like amorphous blobby kind of human who doesn't have a mouth. Um, so not only is he now limited in all of the previous ways, his inability to even take his own life as an exercise of his final sort of like will to humanity and sort of the Camusian sense, um, like his, the exercise of his free will and his existence, um, the existential self, he, uh, um, is he sits silently as this, he sits as the silent mass uh, forever, and now he, uh, as the book says, um, has no mouth, um, but he must scream, and it just reminds me a lot of the sort of ideas in this game, and how like God, these games are so fucking bleak, like <laughs> yeah, it is good. I. It, it stuck with me a lot, uh, a lot more than a lot of horror games. I'd like to see more of them that try to engage with uh, ideas on the scale of this one, as well as um, maybe getting a little more uh, mechanically innovative, like the baby thing I was talking about before, like how much that changes how you experience the game. Like it's so, so different than like if you weren't pregnant like if the baby was born and was like held captive by the immortal queen or something the whole time it would be so so fucking different um and much much worse um and i i think that this it's also worth saying that a consequence of making games from perspectives that often aren't uh shown in video game protagonists it opens up all these these different avenues all these possible new sort of things that can totally change how you experience a game. This character, you know, it, it's, it's not just like liberal ideas about representation. And it's like, it makes me feel good when I see someone like me in a video game. It's like, no, the art itself is fucking improved, uh, by, it just expands like your creative possibilities. This game would be nowhere near the same experience. If it was just like a guy, if it was just the dad of this baby and the baby was off somewhere else, you know, it's, uh, it's it's really neat, um, and I think people should play it. It's a good game. This game, the, the, like this game, this game in its form doesn't exist when you're cast as the like the noble parental figure going on the rescue mission to save. Like it doesn't work. Like you no, ha you have to like the stakes have to be bound to the human body because in all actuality, like. Uh, Oh boy, 30 seconds to make a Foucaultian point. Uh, there's this idea in Foucault's philosophy that um, um, the, the, the quote goes, the soul is the prison of the body. And I like to make jokes about it all the time with Kool-Aid, man. That's a whole other story. Um, but the, it's this idea that like sort of the, 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 the artificial frameworks and restrictions that societies throughout history place on people using these kind of bodies of knowledge or sort of particular like framings of experience or like a a any like epistemology or whatever that that sort of like like makes things as they are as such and like we use it to describe that or whatever 
like they put us at distance between like our human bodies and instead we think of ourselves as these souls um that like we become cartesian dualists like <laughs> so like like the the body is this like you know secondary other rather than something that is being actually limited and restricted by its inhabitants of a quote-unquote soul that informs and restricts its motions and movements and manipulates it and changes it in some way maybe not to it's the efficiency of the body but to some imagined ideal other um and that's what this game is about they told me they told me they said they sent me a minute and they said shh this is what the game is about don't <laughs> tell anybody and like now they're gonna now they're gonna hunt me down help me they're gonna get me yeah and um actually a, a th- a thing I forgot um, from earlier in the game to mention is that uh, it's revealed as the game goes on that your character got, she was there with a bunch of other people and she got them killed um, to, to try to save the life of her baby uh, through a certain series of events. Um, so actually you're embodying a character who has already kind of on a very small scale made the decision that you are then invited to make on a very large scale at the end. And I think that's also quite interesting because it, uh, again, the game is very much playing with the, these ideas of, um, I mean, it's basically playing with like uh, the, the fucking trolley problem, but doing it at different scales. Like, okay, so your baby's on, you know, one track, say there's three people on the other track. Okay. Say there's like a billion people on the other track, you know, <laughs> like step right up, <laughs> step right up. We have our riddle for anyone to figure this out can win the big prize. So you got yeah. so you got a baby, and it's so and you you're what you got the baby in you, and then you're so and you've got it, and then there's a lever, and then there's now three sets of sets of tracks, all with also with with more babies, and you can you if you you can you can use the lever to uh, manipulate the stock market. Um, to use GameStop to make $75. <laughs> exactly. Boom. Yes. Brought it all we brought it all around. Fuck I mean, yeah. It's like I mean the the way to really it, it bring it brings itself all the way around really because if there's anything that we know about doing doing stocks um it's Stunks. that it's about um like like everything that you need to know about doing the stocks uh you know in 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 the mario brothers mario's a stock yoshi yoshi's a stock that's one that's one stock and if you get the stocks then you win the prize which is prince princess peach that's how stocks work. Kyle, are you <laughs> you doing okay, buddy? I don't know. Just like <laughs> I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about one thing for like three straight days now. Like to the point, I keep having PTSD style flashbacks to being in so I can't remember whose someone's Twitch chat or something. I can't remember exactly where. And look, I was looking at Twitter, 
and I saw a news story really early on that said GameStop's stock went up 69% and no one knows why. And I remember thinking that that was funny <laughs> and I commented it in Twitch, that Twitch chat. If I hadn't have written that comment, I probably would have not gone down the rabbit hole for another like 12 hours. But mm -hmm. I wrote it down and that always like makes it stick with me. So like 30 minutes later, I started digging and then, well, here we are, I guess is what is what they say. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I think I think that we've we've uh, we've we've talked about the game. Let's let's do a bastard and then uh, get you get Some get you to lie down. Attention. <laughs> yeah. See a doctor. Okay, uh, um, <laughs> we we did place requests for food and water rations in the podcast, and I have not received any, and we're very thirsty. We're um, we're so fucking thirsty, you guys. <laughs> In the podcast dungeon. The podcast and stock portfolio dungeon. <laughs> the podcast um, stock, po stock portfolio jack-off panopticon. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's where we record from. Mm -hmm. Sorry sorry to dox us, but that is where we record from. Well, you we, couldn't get in here if you wanted to no, anyway, that, oh, peasants. Yeah, oh, just, <laughs> j just try and get through <laughs> our moat. <laughs> just try. <laughs> Alright. The bastard this week... Is of course hedge fund managers. It is the people who uh, it, it, it's it's these massive banks who play games with people's livelihoods. It's capital, baby. Yeah, that's who. Yeah, fuck them, Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ. You know, you know what I gotta say to head. I want to say one thing to hedge fund managers. Your time, the the time is up. Chief, uh, Chief, your 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 time is up, and there's not enough room in this town for the two of us, cause there's a limitation on the amount of time that you can have, or that you you have to be here if, if you can, you can only be here if you have time, and your time is up, so you gotta go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I All right. I figured it out eventually. We got there. You, you, you nailed it. I think that's safe to say. Is <laughs> at a gab pod on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. At a gab, follow us there. Uh, check out my YouTube videos. I'm K and Skittles on Patreon. Uh, not page. Fuck. <laughs> I'm K and Skittles uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. And uh, follow Kyle also. He's labor Kyle. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh, thank you. I'll try and uh, link the two videos of ours that we mentioned, which actually I think would pair very, very well together. Now that I'm thinking about it. Absolutely. In, in these episodes notes. Yeah, so. horror horror games are a rich rich well to draw from. Um I hope that every hedge fund involved with GameStop fucking goes bust. I hope there's fucking uh hedge fund managers jumping out of fucking windows. I I I've still got the sixty nine bucks I put into GameStop. I'm holding. I'm not pulling yeah. out. I don't Good give a fuck. 
Hold Never the surrender. Line. Hold the uh, line. Hold the line. This is hold th- the line. This is three hundred, motherfuckers. Exactly. Get it. Get I'm in. I'm just. I'm looping the film three hundred in the background, <laughs> so I remember to always hold the line Kay and has, kick people into holes. Kay has been watching three hundred for twenty four straight hours, and I think they're gonna die. So. Yeah. Everyone, Listen, we, we need more line. We need more people to hold on to the to grab the line and hold it. So I'll, that, you know what? <laughs> if I lose every penny of that sixty nine bucks, I'll be happy if some fucking hedge funds go down. That's uh, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them for real. Like it, it, it'll be it'll be good for uh, rich people to have to deal with consequences uh, for their actions. That would be good. Um, but you know, we're, they're gonna they're just gonna you know just saw all of this is just gonna invent a new kind of jail. To put all the redditors in, so like, I win guess, win, I guess. Enjoy, like, that's yeah. not so bad. Like, Reddit, <laughs> j- enjoy Reddit jail. That's probably gonna be a thing. Like, it's like, yeah, no fap jail. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst kind of jail. Oh, it's, no, is this amnesia free birth? Because it sure feels yeah, they're like gonna, it. The, they're the, gonna get put in the fucking in the fucking pods. The no the no fat that's actually Amnesia Rebirth is a, about a game uh where uh a bunch of people are locked in no fat pods and uh Oh my to, god uh, um find find a way out. Kyle, this is fuck, this is the bit. How fuck how, we're at the end of the episode and we've come up with the ultimate bit for this game. If anyone knows how to rewind time... All gamers are bastards. Mamma mia.